802 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are Let's coming, go. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sophie, what are you waiting for? Kintech. We got an entire hour of what we learned here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sports. We're actually going to play the whole Four Quincy song just to eat up some time. This song's fire. Oh, and the Hammond kicks in there too. I always forget about this part because we don't ever, like go go long enough. The what kicked in? The Hammond organ. The Hammond. Well, actually, this isn't technically Hammond. It's a Hammond patch, but it's not a true Hammond. I'm getting technical now. I love it when you talk music. <laughs> it's like I learned something. I'm very very unknowledgeable in the world of music. Okay, but you are. We know. Wow, well, a little bit. No, Andy. Okay. Don't undersell yourself. You're our musical expert. Also our cereal expert. And if only I could combine the two. Yeah. Cereal, music, slippers. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna do a full hour of what we learned. That's so right. I'm gonna kick it off. Um I'm starting to read a lot of articles articles about articles. Articles. <laughs> articles about teams that should start to wave the white towel. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, not the Canucks hosting a playoff game where the white towels will come out. Um, Eric Francis has one on sportsnet.ca. The headline is Flames playoff aspirations fading after face plant loss at home. In case you missed it last night, the Flames had a 3-1 lead on the St. Louis Blues, the visiting St. Louis Blues, who the Canucks will play tonight. And the Blues scored three straight goals and beat the Flames in regulation. That included a late game winner. That's three straight losses for the Flames. They lost to the Leafs when they were out west. They lost to the Oilers in the Battle of Alberta uh, on Hockey Day in Canada. And again, last night, they lost to St. Louis. So we've all been wondering when Craig Conroy is going to start selling his pending UFAs like Elias Lindholm, whose name has come up in trade speculation here, as well as Chris Tanev, ditto for that. Um, we don't hear much about Noah Hannafin here, um, but that's another pending UFA that the Flames have to deal with. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, Rob Rossi, writing for The Athletic, has an article called The Penguins Aren't Stanley Cup Contenders. Enter Kyle Dubas. And... The crux of the article is, listen, this team is not a Stanley Cup contender. And Rossi writes, nothing that happens over a couple of home games before the All-Star break or a couple of weeks after it is going to turn them into one only nine months into a seven-year contract as hockey boss. General Manager Kyle Dubas shouldn't proceed as though he can transfer transform his first Penguins team into one capable of winning a championship. He can't. He can, however, aggressively begin the hard job of setting up the Penguins for future success, perhaps sooner than anybody would predict, maybe even next season. Now, if you go read the article, Rossi has 
a bunch of ideas uh, into how to do this, which starts with trading Jake Gensel and maybe even trying to get out of <laughs> Eric Carlson, uh, even though he just acquired Eric Carlson in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know if I 100% agree with Rossi that they couldn't make a run in the playoffs, but Rossi certainly watches this team a lot closer than I do, so I have to defer some um, of my opinion to his. Um, Jake Gensel is not going to resign with the Penguins. They're not going to be able to afford to keep him. Right. The question really is whether you like if you trade Jake Gensel, you trade away your leading scorer. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big piece. The biggest that you'd be you'd be <laughs> trading away, right? I mean, Sid would be the biggest piece. I know, but they're um, not trading him. But I don't know. Like, do you think it's possible that Kyle Dubas, if he engages in let's call it an aggressive retool, could transform this team? quickly enough so that you've still got Sidney Crosby as the best player on this team and a player that's capable of leading the team to a Stanley Cup. It seems like a very tall order. How old is Sid now? Uh, 35, 36. I want to say this. Um, I've thought about it a lot, and I don't necessarily... 36. I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is what I think is going to happen. I don't think that they're going to trade Gensel by the deadline. You don't? No. I think I think there's a great case to be made that they should. I can absolutely understand why they would. I don't think that they're going to. I just think that at the end of the day, the same guy that went out and acquired Eric Carlson is probably going to lean more towards, we got to give it a shot. We got to give this season a shot. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but I think that's what's going to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying here? I'm not advocating for this. I could. I'm more than happy to play devil's advocate on the other side of it. I just, if I was to go with my gut feel right now, what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to let it ride and just try and make the playoffs. I think where I get stuck sometimes with the Penguins is that their underlying numbers are actually quite solid. Yeah, their goal. Even their goal differential is good. They're a plus twelve goal differential, but they just can't seem to get on a streak. And they have these moments like that game in Arizona where they, you know, scored on themselves. Yeah, that's a tough <laughs> that, one. That, that that keep hurting them. And this is a team that, remember, last season didn't clutch up in the end and make the playoffs, although they probably should have clutched up and made the playoffs. Um, I thought the acquisition of Eric Carlson was a mistake. I didn't think they should do it. I thought cap space could be used in a much better way than Eric Carlson, especially when you've already got Chris Letang there. Like, San Jose proved that. Mm-hmm. You know what? You want to have as many good players on your team as possible, but imagine if the Canucks went out and targeted a player that ran a power play really well, right? And that player is a defenseman. Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? Quinn Hughes off the power play? Right. It's just, it's silly, right? Latang already did a pretty good job of that, I think. He's a good offensive defenseman, one of the best offensive defensemen of this generation. He's won Stanley Cups because so, of it. In light of that, Dubas went ahead and made the move anyway. Right? Yeah. that way. That's why I keep coming back to this is a team that is pushed 
I mean, you want to use the poker analogy, just push all its chips in. Mm-hmm. So why now would you like, well, can we take some of those back? And, and, yeah. You know? I don't know. But do you think Rossi's hearing something? Possibly. In Pittsburgh? Maybe maybe Dubas's bosses are saying something. Who, I mean, it's who the knows, great debate. Right? It's the great debate in Pittsburgh. Right? Yeah. It's the most polarizing one, I think, even more so than Calgary. Could they make because a Because there's hot- so many more legendary players, all due respect to the guys in Calgary right now. Could, so many more it, legacies on the line there. If if they trade Gensel, is that officially it? Could the Penguins rally around that, maybe? I think it would send a really bad message to the group. Yeah. Like, hey, we traded for Eric Carlson that, to put this team over the top. Now we're trading Jay Gensel. Rossi also um, notes in his article that Dubas would have to have a sit down with Sid. He's probably like, bright, hey, man. He's like, probably bright and charismatic enough to sell it. But I don't know if to anyone. Sid though, Sid. I don't know if anyone would genuinely buy it. Yeah. They could be like, "Sure, Kyle, that's great. It's the plan you have sounds great." Mm. But in the back of their minds, are like, "You just traded away our leading score." Like, not only did they add Carlson, they made the decision, and this wasn't necessarily Dubis that did this, or it wasn't Dubis that did this, but they did bring back Malkin and Latang. Like, there was a legitimate debate about whether or not they should do that, and they gave those guys term and big money. And, and they went and got Carlson. And then they went and got Carlson. So I'm like, well, now they're gonna like I'm with you. I, 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 if if you're if you're in it, and you know they're still in the race there, mm-hmm. but they just can't seem to string a bunch of wins together like the Edmonton Oilers have, or even like half of what the Edmonton Oilers did. Like a six or seven game winning streak would be nice for the Pittsburgh Penguins. At any rate, with the All Star break. Coming up, what we learned is um, I think we're going to start seeing some teams admit that they're very, very unlikely to make the playoffs, and it's time to start selling. Okay, so mine kind of relates to that, but it's more along the lines of if you're going to try and give it one last push and make the playoffs, and you want to go New York Islander style and have a big, dramatic coaching change, well, Jar Glant is interested in your job. Jar Glant, who is going to tonight be serving as one of the honorary coaches at the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game, is doing the media rounds. And the media rounds include telling people that, hey, by the way, I'm available and wanting to coach. Uh, he told NHL.com that I think people know I'm available. I'm only 60 years old. They know I want to coach again. He then added... I'm a head coach, and I think I've done a pretty good job over the last 10 years. So if something comes out, you don't rule anything out. I only bring this up because there's one thing that Gerard Gallant has been good about over his coaching career. He's been able to get teams into the playoffs. He got Florida into the playoffs multiple times. He got Vegas into the playoffs in their first year in existence. took all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And for all that he didn't do in the playoffs with the New York Rangers, he got the Rangers into the playoffs. He coached 60 different 60 games with three different teams in the playoffs. So, if you are a team that is on the fringes and maybe sees your playoff lives flickering and Gerard Glant is suddenly out there saying, "Hey, I'm willing to coach." I do wonder what team if, comes to mind for you. The Toronto Maple Toronto? Leafs. Yeah. I always get the sense the and, Toronto I've, Maple Leafs, and I've right? always I've said this before on the show, it feels like Sheldon Keefe is constantly just pleading with his players. He's like, "Come on, Please, like, let like play a way that makes me trust you. Mm-hmm. And some of that is um, his players that he's had a while, but a lot of it this season seems to be the new guys that he just has having trouble trusting. Sneaky one to keep your eye on, the Los Angeles Kings. So there have been not rumblings. There's just been some real discontent coming out of 
Los Angeles over the last little bit. They've slipped into the second wild card spot. Right now, the Los Angeles Kings are only four points clear of the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes for being out of the playoff picture. The Kings are 2-4-4 four and four in their last 10. Tom McClellan has spent the first half of this season, you want to talk about begging, he's begging Pierre-Luc Dubois to do something, right? They've kind of been, after that hot start, they've really fallen on hard times. Uh, I know Rob Blake did some media availability last week. He was asked about the future of the head coach. McClellan's been there for a while. McClellan's a good head coach. Mm -hmm. But when you have the expectations that the Kings have and you made the investment that you made into Dubois and it's not happening, you always look at the head coach because it's the easiest thing to change. So in the East, I'd say look at Toronto. In the West, I'd say look at Los Angeles. And I don't think it's a coincidence that NHL.com has a piece out there talking about, oh, look, this very decorated head coach who's taken the last three teams that he's coached to the playoffs is suddenly available and looking for a job. Yes, Greg. Everything's crumbling in L.A., but things are going great for Big Save Dave. I don't know if you saw his stats. He's got a 930 save percentage of 176 goals against average. See, that's important. This is the greatest day of his life. I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people would have looked at Los Angeles and said, oh, well, the goaltending is the reason that they've sunk. No. It's not the goaltending, right? They're just not winning hockey games. So I would say if you want to start connecting the dots here, Gerard Glantz suddenly puts his name out there for availability. He's like, hey, reporter guy, would you like to hear about me wanting a head coaching job again in the NHL? And then there's a couple of teams, because really there's a few ways that teams that are on shaky ground can go. As Jason said, they can either wave the white flag on the season to say we're not going to make the playoffs. It's time to start looking towards the trade deadline and selling. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, look at the New York Islanders. They said, no, we're not going to go that direction. We're going to hire Patrick Wong. We're going to try and rally the troops and make the playoffs. This is also the Glant thing is just a case of a coach trying to stay relevant. There's very few options for a coach when you're trying to stay relevant, taking things like coaching at the prospects game. I know how the coaching game, the Spangler yeah. are the I, only ways you can stay relevant. I, why do you think Bruce Boudreaux went to the Spangler? Exactly. I know how the game is played. I know how coaches got to try and get their names back into the mix. And there's you look, this is a league where because of the hard cap, sometimes making a coaching change is a lot easier than trying to tra- change the makeup of a team. Just something to keep your eye on is what we learned. There you have it. Moo Kami. Hey, dog, we're going to turn the floor over to you because you also have an NHL-related what we learned. Yeah, uh, Fridge tweeting this earlier. Uh, the Smith Entertainment Group, owners of the Utah Jazz, are asking the NHL to initiate an expansion process to bring a team to the state. Uh, the press release, to sum it up quickly, uh, they're the parent company of the Utah Jazz, Delta Center, Real Salt Lake, the Utah Royals, and several other Utah-based sports and entertainment ventures. They announced it's formally requested the NHL uh, initiate an expansion process with the ultimate purpose of bringing an NHL franchise to Utah. SCG has also made it clear it's immediately able to welcome an NHL team to Utah using Delta Center as an interim home arena for an NHL franchise. Yeah, so this is right. Yeah, they're going to build a new arena, hopefully uh, for their sake, for an NHL team, but also yeah. for the Olympics in like 2034, so a ways away. But my question is though, is there yes. is there a hockey appetite in Utah? Because it's not the first place I use. I know there was salt, whatever the Olympics there, but it's not know. usually the first place I think of when There's I think a lot of, of rich NHL people. Expansion. There's a lot of rich people in Utah. Ryan Smith yeah. is. Do they prob- like hockey though? Ryan Smith is probably <laughs> really matter. Ryan Smith is probably the most powerful person in Utah. <laughs> not knowing the political climate, I mean, he runs this massive sports conglomerate. Yeah, right. I think he, I would I would liken it maybe not as powerful, but like. Uh, the Cronky family in sure. in Denver. Denver yeah. Like they run everything. Yeah. This guy runs everything in, in mm-hmm. Utah. He has all the sports, right? And to add an NHL team, 
to its cachet. Now you got to remember, it's maybe not necessarily is there a huge appetite for hockey, but what are they competing with? It's really just the Jazz, mm-hmm. right? You don't. It's not like well, we, we've seen we've seen teams go to markets where there isn't a traditional hockey fan base and be successful. You mean like, like Las Vegas? Like Las Vegas, Tampa Bay. I mean, the team has to be good, and if the team isn't good, you run into problems. And Nashville, I think, has turned into a pretty good hockey market. I don't think there's any reason why Salt Lake couldn't be a, a solid NHL market as long as they have good ownership, they have a good arena, and the team does well enough so that you're not... You know, the Florida Panthers for 20 years that had like one blip where they went to the Stanley Cup final and then nothing or the Columbus Blue Jackets who have never really done anything in their history in Columbus. And yet Columbus still draws fine. You know, they're still like a going concern. There's not like 4,000 people going to their games. They exist. Yeah. They exist. They exist. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, they funny. can still sell Johnny Goudreau to sign there for some somehow. It's, it's funny because the press release also says, there is a great hockey legacy in Utah. And then it goes on to list a very underwhelming hockey legacy in Utah. We had that, yeah, uh, yeah. that Olympics yeah. that one time. Remember right. that? And then they're like, we had an <laughs> IHL team. Like, Did you know that we currently have an ECHL team? Yeah. We have this beer league team that operates one day a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> great. Right. We actually uh, need more players for it if you know anyone. But what are the things that Gary Bettman always says about when they're going Well, the there's three things. There's, there is the market. And as much as it's not just about like the, ho- the, the hockey fans in that market. Otherwise, Quebec City would have a team. It's the amount of people there, the amount of money that those people have to spend. And Utah is an interesting place, but there are a lot of people that are very successful, very rich there. Uh, and then you need the right owner and then you need the right arena. And those two, it sounds like, will be checked off. Um, I don't know what the timing is for a new arena there, but I imagine if they were to get a hockey team, it could be the, the pace could be quickened up. Uh, it wouldn't just be like, well, wait till the Olympics to build it. Um, the, um, the, one, the one thing that I wonder about is... Do they have to deal with the Arizona situation before they even consider expansion, right? Salt Lake has always made sense to me as a a relocation for the Coyotes because we don't know what's going to happen to the Coyotes. By all accounts, they've got until the end of the season to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they're going to figure it out. So we could be in a situation. It is possible we're in a situation where, do you remember how quickly Atlanta moved to Winnipeg? Mm-hmm. It was like, boom, end of the season, announced. When are they coming? Next season. Yeah. Right. Like, you've got three. You, Winnipeg, you got your team back. Like, really? Right away? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that is possible for the Coyotes, I imagine. I know they've gotten a, a deal with Mullen Arena, but, like, that's small potatoes. That, that, that can be dealt with. The NHL doesn't want to be in Mullet Arena playing in front of 4,000 fans with the revenue that's only coming from 4,000 fans for any longer than they absolutely have to be. If the Coyotes don't have an arena deal, they're going to move on this. Now, what could happen, and this would be very entertaining if it did, is I could see I could see Arizona moving to Salt Lake, and then people would be like, well, Arizona will never get another hockey team. Than them getting an expansion team. 
Like, right. give them time to find the arena, do everything right, get the right owner, because I think they truly believe in that market, and it is a massive market. If they were to get an arena built in the right part of that town, I think it could work, and then you might also expand to a place like, I don't know, Houston. Uh, Mukow that? Uh, before we get to the Giants report, Laddie, I will throw to you for the latest World Junior update from the 2018 Canadian World Junior team. As soon as you're done eating your pizza, you had the one from the New Jersey Devils practice. Yeah, I'm well, that's not confirmed yet, but Michael McLeod has been missing, reported missing from the Devils practice. And okay. he's also a member of that 2018 team. But I did have a what we learned as well. I don't know if you guys wanted it. Um, you know what? We'll do it on the other side because we need to get to the Giants report right now. We'll come back with Laddie's what we learned, and then we will get into the humanoid what we learned, and we will give away a pair of tickets uh, for the Canucks and Blue Jackets on Saturday. A reminder, get your what we learned in. Hashtag it WWL. Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Please put a ticket emoji into your text to be entered into the contest. You're listening to the Halford & Brough Show on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now for my favorite part of the show. What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.32 on a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Can I do... Um a quick addendum to Adog's what we learned about expansion. Yeah, bro. Um, Marty Walsh, the NHLPA director, just did an interview with The Athletic, and he was asked about the Arizona Coyotes, and he said, a lot of time has gone by. I was in Arizona probably a year ago now. We were talking about ballot questions at that point. They felt positive about that. That didn't happen. They were talking about, oh, we're going to find a new place pretty quickly. The year has gone by and they haven't found anything, at least to my knowledge. So the clock is ticking on Arizona, in my opinion. Uh, he was asked, how long can this go on for? How long can the NHL wait? And Wall said, I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks, we'll have some concrete information on what's going on again. I've talked to Commissioner Gary Bettman about it. He's got me up to date about on what he knows, but I'm surprised by the Coyotes. I met the owner. I don't know the president that well, but we have connections from Boston. And the fact I haven't got a call is surprising. The PA is not a throwaway organization. So this is the NHL PA putting pressure on both the Coyotes and the NHL to get some answers about what exactly is going on in Arizona and get some, like, hard details. You know, they say, oh, we've got a few ideas about places, but, like, are the, okay, are those concrete ideas? Are you going to have to go through another, um, you know, whole process like you did in Tempe only for it to blow up in the end? Because I don't think anyone wants that to happen again. Uh, the money quote was, the clock is ticking 
on Arizona, in my opinion. TikTok, Arizona. TikTok. Okay. Good move. Moo cow that addendum. Moo cow that addendum. Okay, let's uh, fire up the dot matrix, print out oh, some humanoid submissions. Laddie's going to complain. I'm going to complain. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Sorry. The addendum threw me off here. Yeah, yeah right. Before we do that, we need to get Laddie's what we learned. I apologize, Ladrick. It's, uh, it's not a big one, but, uh, you know. They never are. What was that? No. It's a little one. It's just a little uh, one. It's okay. It's not the size it's of the It's a Sam Gagne, what we learned. Oh, nice. Sam I know, Gagne. I know, I know this one. This you know what his last name means, right? Win. To win. All, he does, is, all he does is Gagne. Sam Gagne is the first player in NHL history to be part of multiple 14 game winning streaks. He did it with the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2016 17. And now he's on the Oilers again, still only 34 years old somehow, and getting it done on another 14 game winning streak. I, His name means win. That's, that's why they keep him around. I completely forgot that that sad sack franchise known as the Columbus Blue Jackets <laughs> have one of the longest win streaks in NHL Second history. Second longest, 16 games. I t- and I remember it when it happened. I'm like, are we sure Columbus is doing this? Can we get a forensic investigation? Do you remember when Sam Gagne had an eight-point game? Yes. Do you remember when Sam Gagne was brought? It was a fourth liner and also a power play specialist. Sam Gagne has had one of the more interesting careers. Well, in the, the, NHL. the Columbus year was his power play year. Right? Yeah, he just just fourth line center, up. also top power yeah. play producer. Yeah, very and then, strange. And then, so, and then he played the bumper role in 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 Columbus, and they brought him to Vancouver, and he played all the positions on the power play except the bumper position. And then he Do got. Remember, tr- he was like the trigger man at the yep. point. I'm like, what are we doing here? And I remember he got cut the day before the start of the next regular season <laughs> in favor of Tyler Mott. Everything comes full circle. Um, okay. Um, Do you know there oh, have no, been? No, no, no. Oh, there have been like got another addendum. It's there have been like okay. a crazy. There's a crazy Devils former Canucks. Okay. Gretzky did it a few times. Mario did it um, okay. a, a few times. No one's had nine. So it's, which it is goes kind of weird. Ten and then eight. It, it goes ten and then a bunch of eights. I don't need ten. I want to be the first. Did Daryl Sittler have a nine point game? Yeah, a ten point. Oh, it was ten point. He surpassed me. Yes. Yeah. Because no one had a good had game. Point game. I also six, saw six goals in a game. I was, bad. I was looking up Gagne's stats. I, I was kind of surprised to see he's played in the league longer than his dad. Yes, like Dave didn't even play a thousand games, and mm. Sam's already eclipsed that. I was we, really surprised. we had his dad on the show uh, during the pandemic because his dad's a financial advisor now. I think did his dad have injury issues? Is that why he played so few games or what? Yeah, I, I was a little past my. I'll have to go back generation. and confirm all that. This is getting too far into addendum into <laughs> random speculation. So moo cow, all that. Now fire up the Dob Matrix. Print out some humanoid submissions for what we learned. What we learned, a humanoid version, is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at GetFirePlan.com. Oh, my God! We're having a fire plan! We're going to kick this off by giving away uh, a pair of tickets to the winner of today's What We Learned contest. It's a pair of tickets to see the Canucks and Columbus Blue Jackets. The aforementioned Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday, January 27th. Jason, the winner is... I like this one from Brandon, the architect, because a lot of people have been admitting that they were wrong about this Canucks team, and Brandon did it in an entertaining way. He said, what we learned, I was completely wrong about this Canucks team, and therefore, I believe the only punishment acceptable for my ignorance would be tickets to the Canucks versus Blue Jackets to really rub it in my face. Mm. I'm so not looking forward to these tickets. Well, Brandon, you're going to take them, and you're going to go to that game, and you're going to watch the Vancouver Canucks probably win. And they'll look at you, Brandon, and they'll say, you didn't believe in us, That's right. so you don't get to cheer. JT Miller's going to point at you, and he's going to say, look at this stupid helmet that I'm wearing. <laughs> 
It's shiny. <laughs> Are they going to wear those tonight? I have no idea. I maybe- Canucks have two games left before the All-Star break. Tonight against St. Louis, and then they get a couple days off. Uh, they'll probably practice once. And then Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then half the team, it seems, goes to Toronto for the All-Star game, including yeah. the head coach, Rick Tockett, and the rest of them are probably going somewhere warm. And out of this rain. Well, Chet and Burnaby has a theory on the helmets. This is a good one. Hashtag WW what we learned. I learned that the Canucks accidentally sent their helmets to a car dealership, got them back in matte black and chrome blue, and are now trying to make us believe that it's a quote-unquote design choice. <laughs> I don't get, I understood the matte black. I'm like, hey, it's a little different. It kind of goes well with the black uniforms. I don't get the chrome blue. It's strange. How's your breakfast pizza there, lad? I've been watching you gnaw away on pizza. Quite good. <laughs> Very professional. Yeah, he's not the best in the business for nothing, uh, Can I read this one because it made me laugh? You can uh, read this one, This is Andy. from uh, calling back to the first hour. Remember when Merrick, Jeff Merrick was talking about the beaver being on top of the Vesna trophy. Uh, yep. Okay, hold on. Let's just set the. I'll set the stage for this one. Please so Jeff do. Merrick came on and was talking about Phil Pritchard, who is the keeper of the cup, and he was with the Stanley Cup at the live 32 Thoughts show that they put on in Victoria. We were giving away tickets to it at Wicked Hall. He was also talking about NHL trophies, and I guess I didn't. The Vesna trophy has a beaver on top of it, right? This is what we're led to believe here? Yes. So you have an anecdotal yeah, solution or Larry. Cultus Larry did some research. You tell me if you think it's correct. In 1917, when the NHL was created, nobody wanted to stand in as goalies, so Canadians would build their ice rinks with a beaver's dam at each end, and the beavers, trying to defend their homes, would play in front of the net, serving as an early iteration of goaltender. Oh, my God, there is a beaver on top. I never even noticed that. This is blowing your mind. <laughs> I didn't even out. notice there's a beaver on the top. So beavers were That's the first NHL goalies, just freaking the hell out on the ice, trying to defend their, their dam came up with it this i don't is, know if this is correct or not but i'm going with you it. know what that if whether or not that's true or not it's true on this show yeah, yeah. it should be correct yeah. why yeah. is there a beaver we've never dealt in like you know quote-unquote facts before it's just so sitting why there in the top now? what is going on here uh, patrick and south surrey what we learned i learned that this group of canucks has inspired a whole new generation of canuck fans my six-year-old has worn his canucks black skate jersey to school for the third day in a row yeah um, now, Patrick said he'd like to take his son to his first game this year. Well, too bad. Sorry, bro. Maybe another time, Patrick. But thank you for the what we learned. Um, kids are the worst when it comes to, like, being total front runners. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know about your boy. But He's my, got my, no interest in hockey but, whatsoever. But, no, so no, no. Eliminate him from the conversation. But mine at home goes like, what game are you watching? Who's winning? And I will right. say who's winning, and he'll be like, I'm cheering for them. <laughs> The team leading, and I'm like, I like them. Yeah, I like them, yeah. right? Like, I'm, I'm like, buddy, it doesn't affect who you are as a person if you support the winning team. He, when, right? he, like, when the boy does ask me, he's like, who's the best team in hockey right now? And then I'll tell him who's atop the standings. And yeah. oftentimes it's been the Canucks. And he's like, oh, cool. And right. I think mentally he's putting it away. He's like, I'll yeah, cheer yeah. for them later on. So all the kids right now are really getting into the Canucks. They're like, they're first place in the league. Mm-hmm. And then like the little Thomas Drance is like, actually, by points percentage, it's... Right. <laughs> well, here's a text from, from Omar on what we learned talking about the other. I mean, there was a bunch of, probably a bunch of little kids in Winnipeg right now who are probably having the same conversations. Hashtag WWL from Omar on what we learned. The Canucks and Jets are proof that the NHL has taken parity to a whole new level. It's not just that every team has a chance to make the playoffs anymore. It's that every team has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. A couple tweaks, and you can move from a fringe contending team in less than a season. I don't know if the... Oh, in the in the context of your text, Omar, 
you are right. The Canucks and Jets are bonafide cup contenders. I don't know if they're just more uh, anomalies than anything else. I will say this. if The Canucks are without question the biggest surprise in terms of positive turnaround from year to year. Yes. The Jets are unquestioned number two. I had no thought, mm-hmm. no thought that the Jets would be competing to be one of the best teams in the NHL. After what happened not last a, year? Not only are the Jets succeeding, but Dubois is failing. But do you remember how their season ended last year? Yeah. They Bo- were, Bonus they were, hated the team. They were blown out of the playoffs, and then Rick Bonus went to the podium, and he was like, I hate my team. Yeah. I don't like it. How much all. of that was Wheeler? Well, Wheeler and Dubois. Yeah. They didn't make the wholesale changes that I thought they were going to make. When they signed mm-hmm. Hellebuck and Shifley, I'm not going to lie, the first thing I thought was this reeks of desperation. It's like, well, we're just going to make sure they yeah. no one they else agreed to stay. Yeah, please stay. We'll give you more money. But it would, and I mean, shovel day off to, for a guy that is really like, let's be honest, kind of boring and doesn't really yeah. draw a lot of attention for the flashy moves that he makes to do what he did and to have this team rewrite it and the ship being so good. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. It's, if, it, if it wasn't for Vancouver being such an amazing turnaround story, the Jets would be it. Uh, what we learned unsigned, I haven't heard anything in the media reminding us that Henrik and Daniel Sedin made it to the verge of unrestricted free agency back in 2009, and the Leafs could have signed them, hashtag patience with Pedersen. Okay, I know where you're going with this. That situation had its own uniqueness to it, though. Um, Mike Gillis took the job as general manager the season before that, right? The off season before that. And he kind of, he was asked about the Sedins and he didn't give them like the full endorsement. He was like, we'll find out if these are the types of guys that you want to build around. And then they had a good season on a line with Alex Burrows. And then he was like, oh, we better get these guys signed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tables turned a little bit. And I think the Sedins still left some money on the table to stay with the Vancouver Canucks. Um and obviously, you know, it was a good decision, and the Canucks had some good years after that. Um, this one's different. And when I keep hearing media members kind of repeating the, the, the talking points from the agents themselves, it makes me a little bit, I don't know, nervous, but it just, you know, like the, there's a clear message from the Age the representatives of Pedersen, and that is like how many times have we heard, guys? PD's an RFA, not a UFA, so it's a different situation. It bothers me a little bit mm-hmm. because those are the talking points that both the agent and the team are putting out there to kind of trample down any any wild speculation that happens. But in reality, PD controls this. If he wants to leave, he can. If he um, says, I'm going to take my qualifying offer, you, they're trading him, right? I mean, the other part of this is that in 09, which is 15 years ago now, which makes me feel super old, <laughs> um, we didn't have all the platforms and the relentlessness of the coverage and speculation, everyone weighing in that we do now. Like, you got to, if we had modern social media, technology, and platforms in 09. Do you understand how crazy the story would have been? Ron Wilson, who was the coach of the Leafs at the time, the day before free agency, went on Fan 590 and was like, I think we're getting the Sedins. The coach of the Maple Leafs did that. 
Like, that's how crazy Did he get it dinged for that? They got fined for tampering. Yeah, yeah. Gillis was... Because Burke, uh, on one of those, like, Leafs documentaries at the behind the scenes, was talking about how... He's like, I heard the Canucks are shopping Bieksa and Burroughs. Right, right. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then Gillis was like, you know what? That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just start arbitrarily throwing this stuff around about our team. But, like, they, the, the Leafs were... Well, Nonis would have had the connection with the Sedines. But the Leafs yeah. were all in on the yeah, Sedines. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that was... Could you imagine... Right now, if I don't know, Don Waddell and the Carolina Hurricanes were like, we think we're gonna get Pedersen, or Kyle Davidson in Chicago was like, yeah. we got a big plan for Pedersen. Just wait until we get to the off season. Like they would be, it would be the, the internet would go ballistic. But that's what was happening back in '09. Uh, Corey the Carpenter has an update on the Beaver thing. Yes. Okay. Um, all trophies are built with beavers on them. It's scaled. It's scaled the trophy correctly. And then chopped off at the end, so it's for scaling. And the artist that made the trophy forgot to lop it off before it was first awarded. It's left there, so the NHL is embarrassed by the fact that the award they awarded an unfinished trophy. What? It's not yeah. true. So I, I feel like this is true. I think Corey I the Carpenter think... may have solved our problem here and, yeah, yeah. and figured or it, created it a whole, or he's created a whole new. Uh, one. Maybe the text inbox is just making stuff up now. No, this is all for. There's a Reddit. He all, says he's a carpenter. All though. trophies start with a beaver. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he says <laughs> he's a carpenter. Purposes. It must be true. That's right. I believe the carpenter person. Hey, dog. How many times hmm. in your life? Every day. Have you, <laughs> I already know what you're going to say. Have yeah. you been bilked out of your entire life savings? <laughs> well, I've been duped again. Yeah. Life is the wallet inspector, <laughs> and I am the, the nerd. Back to the drawing yeah. board. Wait a minute. That's Stop not clicking the those ads on Twitter. Hey, That's dog. not the wallet inspector. <laughs> I mean, uh, basketball, Phil, with what we learned, the friendly before the Paris Olympics, I wanted to happen is happening. Canada. Versus the U.S. in Vegas on July 10th. Yeah. I can't wait for this. It got announced last night. USA holds their basketball camp in Vegas quite often, don't they? It's like their uh, unofficial home. I, I was in Vegas once and ended up at a club having a conversation with Chris Bosch. I was not sober, and I was like, they love you in Toronto. <laughs> and he's Spoiler, like, they kind of he, don't. He's like, get away from me. <laughs> Please leave, sir. I think he left for Miami right after that. Um, it's kind of their unofficial home. Because like the NBA, like the NBA summer league is such a big thing now. Yeah, and I mean the players love it. Obviously, who wouldn't love going to Vegas? Um, but it's the infrastructure that they have. It's they've got a million gyms. Uh, it's all really easily accessible. Oh, and the players want to be in Vegas. Yeah, but it's but it, but it's got the infrastructure. Yeah. Like they were talking about, if they couldn't have done the bubble in Orlando, then that <laughs> was a viable option because they've got so many different uh, facilities there. Colin and Tawasson, what we learned: the Milwaukee Bucks fired their head coach Adrian Griffin, despite them being tied for the NBA's second best record. How times have changed for Milwaukee, where being second best in a major league sport isn't good enough. It's like the nerd dating the prom queen and then saying, you know what? I could do even better. Milwaukee's an interesting one, right? Because they've been the they've been a power broker in the East for a while now. I mean, it obviously coincides with Giannis, but they really jumped into a different stratosphere. I thought when they made the move to go get Damian Lillard and Lillard agreed to go there. Yeah. Because traditionally it was like Lillard would go to Giannis and he's like I don't want to go to my uh, Milwaukee. You force a trade out of Milwaukee, and we'll go somewhere better. Right. But, I mean, it, and then, of course, in Lillard's defense, he was in Portland, right? So he's like, you know, six yeah. and one half dozen. But uh, 
you know, it's interesting because the NBA has long been about power brokers, the players, mm-hmm. finding power markets to go to. Right. And, and I guess and it's usually not Milwaukee in that power it, market. Exactly. Right. It's like, I don't know what one can. It's like, welcome to Milwaukee. We are driving distance to Chicago. Right. <laughs> you can almost get there. Uh, Mike and Aldergrove, what we learned, dry January sucks. But I would like to see what going to a Canucks game without having a beer is like. Nice try, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that these dry Januaries are, they suck. Um, and even though. Yeah, but it's immediately followed by messed up February, which is that's great. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> Like I, I know some yeah. people do that for for the record, I know some people do this for charity and they get and they get pledges and I think I think that's terrific. But I don't think it's the right line of thinking to because I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Because what if you have a day, for example, where you eat really well mm-hmm. and you go and like play hockey or something, you have a hockey game, so you get your exercise and then then you have you're like fine. I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna have a post game beer. Have you like has, you, has your day been a failure then? I think I was talking about this with my buddy. Like like it's you know it's it's fine to tr- challenge yourself to do these sorts of things, but it's like I don't know. Like you're still you still should be allowed to enjoy your life. Yeah, it's right? a, you it's still a, had a good day overall. Right, you're, but but if you if you think about like, wow, well, I said I wouldn't drink, and then I, I had a beer. You're like, I'm so weak. I'm like, no, you're not. You ate well. You you got some exercise, and you rewarded yourself with a beer after the game. My thought of that it was always sort of a. I've done it before, by the way. I, mean, I always it's find awful. it like it's it's a non-denominational spinoff from Lent. Yeah, the idea behind it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's not just about. Um, I'm going to allow a cheat day or anything. It's to try and like sacrifice sure. so that even if you have a moment where you've done everything great, you're not going to allow yourself the, what are you sacrificing for? Uh, that's the good question. Isn't it more just to show you that you have the discipline to do because it? Because well, I don't think alcohol is great for by, your body. By, by show, yeah. By showing up to a, uh, yeah, but one, one, uh, like th- two or three drinks. Well, in a that's month what I'm saying. Fine, like, right. When you, you take know, the like, denominational aspect out of yeah, it, yeah. suddenly you're like, what are you doing it for? Yeah. And also like these people show Normally up it's to, for, it's like for the big guy upstairs. Yeah. Bro, but, and they yeah. show up to these social events and they're just boring as hell. And all they do is complain that they can't drink. And it's like, get out of here then. Like those people, I will, I will argue are boring with beer as well. So you're looking your watch you're like is it february yet <laughs> yeah can you please can have fast- a drink yeah can we fast forward this i'm gonna to have 10 March? on on your behalf then because i can't t- stand talking to you right now okay um i think that pretty much wraps it up for us today thank you all for listening thank you all for submitting your what we learned and congrats to brandon the architect the winner of the tickets uh, a reminder i think we've got another giveaway not tomorrow but on friday in fact, I know we do because we're going to be giving away a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway to the best Ask Us Anything. But for now, we will say farewell and enjoy the game tonight. A reminder, 7 o'clock, Rogers Arena, Canucks and Blues, pregame, postgame, and the actual game all right here on Sportsnet 650. For now, though, we got to go. Signing off. I have been Mike Alford. He has been Jason Brupp. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Brupp Show on Sportsnet 650. Ding. And turn it up a notch!